Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. We're going to be recapping UFC 224. Amanda Nunes defeated Raquel Pennington, but more importantly than that, Kelvin Gastelum and Jacare had an absolute war. John Lineker and Brian Kelleher went out there, and uh, John Lineker knocked him out in devastating fashion. Lioto putting up highlight reels against Vitor, and there's a lot more things to talk about. You know, Max Bet season continued, so... Uh, Man, Shaq, it's uh, good to have you in studio, and let's recap this card, man. Yeah, man, it was a great card from top to bottom. A lot of finishes. A lot of guys uh, that didn't get that 50K deserved 50K, but, hey, uh, this was one of those instances where one guy had to get stuffed on the 50K because a lot of people showed up and performed. One guy or multiple guys? Because I know Zaleski, I know Jack, I know they were expecting. Uh, 50, yeah. I, they were thinking, uh, <laughs> I'm going to come home a little richer, and yeah. I'm not even talking about that win bonus or that Reebok either. So Yeah. But, uh, you know, those Ezekiel chokes are pretty much automatic 50K bonuses. So uh, shout out to Alexi for getting that 50K. And, you know, we can talk about this main event. We'll get to it in a sec. I have a feeling they don't really want to hear about Amanda's uh, minus 1100 performance over Rocky. We can talk about the corner stuff here in a sec. But what I really want to talk about is two consensus max bet winners at UFC 224. Jack Hermanson at minus 135 odds. Marcus Perez at minus 200 odds. It closed at minus 325, by the way, Shaq. And uh, you know it's a max bet when your worst-case scenario still wins the fight. Yeah, you know, we'll start with Marcus Perez. You know, I'm surprised it took everyone that long to realize that was a mismatch. That's what you get with best fight picks. You know, we my clients got that at minus 200. It was a complete mismatch. We said Boshnevik had no business being in the UFC. We said, you know, he was probably just the best jobber out there in Wisconsin. And... Marcus Perez has accomplished way more things. Marcus was out there fighting jiu-jitsu black belts and, you know, subbing Ian Heinish in his U.S. debut. It's a completely different level. I'm sure Bosnovic is a nice kid, but he's like, he's uh, what we would like to refer to as a jobber. And like we said, the second the fight hits the mat, it's going to be over. And uh, we saw the complete difference. My boy Viscardi Andrade is uh, very happy with my boy Marcus Perez. And uh, Marcus Perez, I don't think he needs to drop to 170. He needs to stay right where he's at. And I think he's going to win a lot of fights. Give uh, Bochnovic another chance, you know. Uh, he, he went to Brazil. He fought Marcus Maluka. Let's give him another chance so uh, we can max bet fade him again because, like we were saying in our breakdown, man, I mean, this is a guy that was getting dropped against 4 and 14 jobbers. No exaggeration. We weren't making those numbers up. And he comes in here against uh, the smallest guy in the middleweight division. It was hilarious how he initiated the grappling exchanges. I was like, thank you, James. I thought we were going to have to get past your reach first. Uh, evidently not. So. I thought we were going to have to strike a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But turns out we didn't have to at all. We didn't even have to eat a body kick or two like my boy Trevin Giles did. It was a smooth sailing. So, you know, I uh, really appreciate him doing that for us. And, you know, that minus 200 opening line was a complete joke. Yeah, it was a complete joke. It should have been minus 500. Yeah, but, you know, people were under the uh, – you know, I was getting I was getting messages. We can't be betting on uh, the guy that got the shit beat out of him by Anders. That guy was terrible. But, guys, you got you to gotta look at the bigger picture. Bashevik is a complete bum. Bashevik <laughs> has nothing to do with Anders. Anders is a exactly. D1 football player. Like, I mean, Bashevik is a D1 way, bum. If, if, you said, if you said it, like we said on the show, like if Anders fought Bashevik, he would be out on a stretcher again. So, um you know, shout out to Marcus, my boy Maluko, for uh, coming through with that easy first-round submission. Yeah, and when I spoke to Eric about it, he was like, dude, this kid has got a head full of rocks. Like, you hit him and uh, with your hardest shot, and you're surprised that he's still standing. And, you know, he didn't even have to take a punch against Bachnovic, so that was awesome. 
And once again, you know, it's funny because you sent out that minus 200 to, to our VIP clients and to your individual clients. And, you know, I got kind of cocky. I was like, watch this. I'm about to get a better line than Shaq because, you know, Bachnovic, he's got the eight inch reach advantage. He's six foot four, <laughs> you know, all these things. He's eight and two at the time. And uh, it turns out uh, I had to settle still in a max bet range, minus 240. I was more than happy with that because, as you know, it should have been minus 940. But bottom line, both got in max bet range and uh, he came through for that five unit cash. Now a fight that I really enjoyed, you know, a one-sided beatdown that I really enjoyed was Ramazan Amiv versus Alberto Mina. You know, both of these guys I have a ton of respect for. Ramazan showed that he might be a top 15 guy right now, Shaq. Ramazan's no slouch, man. He's so well-rounded, good on the feet. I mean, he wobbled Alberto several times. We already know what his game is in the clinch. He ain't beating Ramazan in the clinch, I'll tell you that right now. And uh, I think he might be a top 15 guy, man. I mean, I think he is on that level now. He does have to put in some more work to get to that point. I mean, he just beat the shit out of an undefeated guy. So expect Ramazan to be in some big fights, man. The guy's very experienced. Like we said, he's one of the most tested uh Young guys to come into the UFC in a wild two-time M1 global champ. And uh, Ramazan's no fucking slouch. And prior to that, he bodied a current 205-er in Sam Alvey. And, I mean, he's the smaller guy in there. <laughs> and he, uh, he moved him around the cage. He gave him a tour of the octagon in his UFC debut, just to put it lightly. So he went out there against Mina, and he completely shut Mina down. Mina had no options, you know, and... People were saying, oh, Mina should have let it go. You don't understand. Whenever Mina tried to do anything, he would get countered immediately. <laughs> and, uh, you know, his eye would get swelled up. And that wasn't even about, oh, Mina, this, Mina, that. That was simply Ramazan's that fucking good. So now the question is, I mean, look, 170 is a stacked weight class. We're obviously going to get to Zaleski here in a second. So what do you think my boy uh, Ramazan Amiv should fight next? Man, um, let's, pull, let's, pull, let's pull up these rankings real quick. I mean, I'm thinking uh, Ramazan Ami versus uh, Dong Young Kim, Ramazan Ami versus Gunnar Nelson. Russian, why not? Yeah, He's not? ready for that right he now. He said he wants to fight on that UFC Moscow card, so, you know, he'll be uh, fighting in front of all the politicians and the Putins and the uh, Dimitris and the Vladimirs. So. Yeah, so. I want Dong Young Kim, but, you know, I know we were thinking that for Zaleski too. But look, the Gunnies, the Dong Young Kims, the Neil Magnies, the Cerrones, they're all going to wash away pretty soon. How about Ramazan Ami versus Sergio Moraes? Okay. Give him a little uh, Serginho action in there. Yeah. Bring him back to Brazil. And uh, I feel as if you would butcher Sergio. <laughs> yeah, you know, much respect to my boy Serginho, but right now Ramazan's on a different level. So Jack Hermanson versus Talis Latest. Now, this is what we were talking about. We had that max bet on Jack Hermanson. Lines maker opened at minus 210. We hit at minus 135. And, you know, a lot of people, I, I saw a lot of things being said on, on MMA Twitter. Oh, I can't believe people are so confident in Jack Hermanson. You know, some of uh, our clients were messaging me like, are you sure? And this and that. It's like, yeah, yes, I, I am 100% fucking sure. Because, like we said, it's a max bet when your worst case scenario still wins the fight. You know, he gets a freak injury in the second round, breaks his rib. You know, these are things you can't handicap. You don't expect someone to get a broken rib in the middle of the fight. And in that third round, you know, it's one-to-one -one going into that third round. He comes out there, throws that flying knee, goes for that guillotine choke. When he went for that guillotine, I was like, Jack, come on. But he found his way on top, and as soon as he got that full mount, he pounded out uh, Talos Latus. Jack's got some of the best ground and pound in the business. I mean, if you think that was a fluke, uh, you're completely mistaken. I mean, he's smashed several motherfuckers heads in on that mat before so um i mean he showed the heart you know the fight played out how i thought i thought the fight was going to play out how it ended in the first round you know talus 
uh, desperate in the clinch. And then him flopping to his back once it got uh, stuffed. And that's exactly how the first round. The first round was an easy 10-9 Hermanson. And then in the second round, you know, I don't predict injuries. I predict winners. And he decided to break his rib. So, you know, of course, uh, people are thinking negative at that point. But as long as he survived, I knew we had a chance to at least get a draw because the second round was probably 10-8. So uh, I thought we could at least come back and get a draw as long as he, you know, moved and did what he did in the first round. You know, I mean, on the feet, it was a we – Busting him up with the calf kicks, the movement was way too much for Talis. Talis was confused like he always is. But like we said, you gotta have action against Talis. Talis is, he's done. He's old. I mean, the guy can't even beat guys on uh, on a with a fuck uh, with a fucked up rib these days. You know what I'm saying? Like all he had to do was just wait him out and just tie him up and get it down. But you know, Talis is completely done. He's taking too much damage, and uh, I hope he comes back. You know, I think he's a tough guy. But uh, Jacker Manson showed that hard. He showed why he does have some of the best ground and pound in the uh, UFC, and. Uh, that was a great win, you know. It, trust me, if the rib didn't break, it would have been a 30-27, and it would have played out exactly how that first round went. What do you think about Talos Latest versus Eric Anders? That's a perfect fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, at the time when, when Jack won the fight, just because the whole range of emotions, you know, we, we had that nice first round where we're coming out there, we're busting him up with the kicks, then the injury happens, and it's like such a relief to get that win. But then I went back and watched it, and, you know, there was a – there was no luck involved at all, man. He he was fucking injured, and he still finished Talis latest. So imagine how you would have been if he was 100%. Yeah, like when we make these uh, max bets, you know, we always say uh, we should be able to beat the guy if he get hurt anyway. So that's exactly what happened. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's uh, two consensus max bets down. Now this week with UFC Chile, you already know that uh, – Max bet season is uh, on May 19th going down there in uh, Chile. And uh, – just put it, some of the easiest money you're going to be making all year is going to be a complete butchering. Um, no one has the eye for the mismatch like Dan and Shaq, and yeah. we already have our eyes. It's not what you're expecting. It's not the fight you think. So uh, go to bestfightpicks.com right now and See, sign up. A lot of people didn't know our boy Maluko like we knew Maluko. You know what I'm saying? We we know everything about Maluko. I know Maluko better than he knows himself. So just uh, we already have the mismatch. It's going to be a complete butchering. No, it was hilarious because, the, you know, when we said we had two max bets for UFC 224, they're like, oh, so you're max betting Amanda Cooper to beat Mackenzie Dern. We're like, what? <laughs> what? Excuse me? Yes. Yeah, speaking of that, we predicted Mackenzie would miss weight. We predicted a finish. <laughs> I mean, we said. I mean, you know, there's people out there selling picks that uh, max bet Amanda Cooper, who has four submission losses in Brazil when her opponent missed weight by a whole weight class and – Every single person has been missing weight has been winning. Yeah, I mean, like we say, when you, when your opponent misses weight, it's time to get out of there. We learned our lesson with uh, Des Green and Chad Caprizeris down there in Brazil. You know how those uh, those uh, weasels operate down there. You know what I'm saying? They will let their the fighters come in 30 pounds overweight and still fight. So um, we knew Mackenzie would miss weight. I mean, guys, if you would have saw that interview uh, she did a couple weeks before the fight, I mean, it was quite obvious she was nowhere near striking distance of 115. <laughs> and... Uh, I mean, uh, and, you know, people were saying her hands are complete garbage, but like we said, she's got power, and we said that her power, eventually it's going to translate to dropping chicks. And yeah. For the chick weight class, who exactly. cares if the technique who, who sucks? Yeah. It sucks. And, you know, a lot of people think uh, my girl Priscilla Cachoeira is a job or two, but just wait till she comes back because, like I said, when chicks hit that hard, 
these 115, 125 pound chicks ain't going to be able to handle that power. So uh, I think McDern's got a bright future. Of course, she needs to get her uh, weight issues in check. But if she can make 115, I, I think she's going to beat a lot of chicks, especially chicks on ABCs, Yoder, the Yoders, ABCs, you know, girls on that level. I think she will floor all those girls in some Definitely. So Warley Alves defeated Sultan Aliyev. And I got to say, very composed performance by Warley. You know, a lot of people are criticizing him for his gas tank. And like we said on the show, when you're fighting a guy that throws four strikes per minute like Kamaru, like Brian Barberena, and you're this young, explosive kid like Warley Alves, obviously you're going to gas out. But against Sultan, who barely throws it on, i got to say Sultan looked better than he had in his first two UFC, UFC appearances. Sultan uh, came to fight, but it simply wasn't enough against uh, Warley Alves. Yeah, Worley's growing up inside that octagon, man. He had to take his O's. You know, when he lost to Barberena, he, he probably thought Barberena was a joke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh... Kamaru, I mean, there's no, uh, Kamaru's just, you know, that physical and good, so. Kamaru's uh, just that top yeah, six top in the world. Six, yeah, top six, so, you know, uh, Worley's got a bright future. He's still young. He's improving. He's uh, learning how to manage his cardio a little better these days, and uh, I think he, he's going to be in some good fights, too. Definitely. Now, I mean, as far as what's next for Worley, we can look at the, the top 15, because, I mean, look, he already beat Colby Covington. He already beat Nordine. He beat Alan Juban, so, I mean, dude, I'm thinking... The three guys I would mention, Neil Magny, Donald Taroni, Gunnar Nelson, four guys. Uh, Dong Young Kim, one of those four, put him in there with Warley. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in there. I want to see uh, Warley Alves versus Tim Means. You know, I want to see a Warley Alves versus, uh, versus uh, damn, he already beat you, man. I had a different fight for Tim Means that I got to think about. Um, Probably Zaleski. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to see Worley versus in there with Tim Means, you know. I want to see uh, Worley fight a, a top 30, 25 guy, you know what I'm saying, like that. Um, I mean, he already beat the number three guy in the world in the first round. Yeah, but that no, was a fluke. But uh. <laughs> His main finishing move, but it was a fluke, huh? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know. Uh, you know there's guys in this top 15 that don't belong that we're looking at right now. Cerrone, Gunny. Uh, this guy right here, well, I'm not going to say him because I like him a lot, but uh, nah, he, he doesn't he, belong in he ain't number six yeah, in the world, bro. He six, shouldn't be ahead of this guy he or be this like guy. Fifteen, but thirteen doesn't belong. Twelve doesn't belong. Eleven doesn't belong. There's a lot of good matchups. For, How about uh, Worley versus uh, Alex Cowboy? Okay, yeah, yeah. And let's see. If they were actually uh, trying to. They were after Zaleski won. They actually, uh, uh, Anik actually suggested that they should do Alex Cowboy versus Zaleski. But uh, okay. Brazilian versus Brazilian action? It's, <laughs> always, it's always fun. You saw uh, how Leota did Vitor, yeah. so they're not going to have any yeah. opposition uh, trying to take each other's heads off. Yeah. And speaking of taking someone's head off, Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos knocked out 19-2 and Sean Strickland with a spinning wheel kick. And, I mean, the way he slipped that jab and threw that capoeira kick, it was uh, truly a thing of beauty, you know. It, it's one thing, you know, you pick either guy to win the fight, but did anyone really expect... Zaleski to floor Strickland in the first? That was amazing. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a tough fight. Um, you know, I actually watched Strickland fight Corey McGee maybe a couple a day before the fight, and I, I kind of, uh, I could see the openings for sure, but I had respect for Strickland. So, you know, it, Strickland's 19-2, and two, so it's kind of hard to fade either guy. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, that was the type of fight where I really couldn't pick a side, but uh, I was leaning more in Zaleski's way, but I had so much respect for Strickland. I think Strickland's going to come back and win a lot more fights. He was just in there with a, a freaking animal, bro. Like, how many times have we been talking about Zaleski since he fought Omari, at least for, like, the past two years? We said this guy gets better and better each fight. When guys look into the eyes of Zaleski, they uh, get the fear 
here. And they know they're in for war. <laughs> when Max Griffin got the call that he had to fight Zaleski, he was like, oh, look, Lyman, all right. Lyman Good <laughs> so went, it's war. Lyman Good went back and told Tiger Showman, I don't want to get knocked out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's the type of fear Zaleski puts in you. I mean, the, when he uh, looks, in, looks into your eyes at Wayans, uh, guys generally crumble. So uh, Zaleski's a top 15 guy, in my opinion. I'd love to see him in there with Dong Young Kim. Um, and... Uh, I think he he's gonna keep getting better, man. This guy, he, this is the first fight really, really didn't take any damage at all. All his other fights, he's got a fucking you know, being a back and forth war. So I think he's uh, getting better. He kind of had a like an Alejandro type performance, you know what I'm saying? That generally he's got to fucking scrape it out, or you know what I'm saying? Now he's fucking getting finishes. So Zaleski, serious man. Uh, I'm super happy for the guy. They need to restructure his contract. The guy's got like four fight of the nights. Fucking, he should have got a 50k bonus for this. Uh, but uh. You know, Zaleski's a no slouch. Yeah, and once again, you know, I want to see Zaleski in there with a Jorge Masvidal, oh. with a Neil Magny, <laughs> with a Donald Cerrone, with a Gunnar Nelson, with a Dong Young Kim. These are all ranked guys. So, I mean, the welterweight division, all I got to say is these rankings are about to be shaken up real quick because, I mean, I want to see Worley Alves in there with those guys, Zaleski. I even think Strickland, even though he's, he's got to take some time off, I think he could have, you know, something to say about some of these guys. So, Man, Zaleski's super impressive, but as far as what's next for him, you say Dong Young Kim, I say Tim Means, but if they want to do Masvidal too, I'm out. Well, Tim Means has lost like three of his last four, so. I know, but it's that name. You know, you get that <laughs> win over Tim Means. Oh, he beat Tim Means. So it's such a big deal, right? Even though you and I both know uh, the career trajectory. We know exactly <laughs> we know exactly where he's at, but, you know, for the fans that aren't, how about, Alan, how about Alan Juman? He's coming off a win. Cause, you know, that'd be nice. But, you know, because what I got to say, when you look at this card, my boy Zaleski, after all the wars he's put on, they bury him first fight on the FX prelims. Like, that's the kind of disrespect he's we're dealing with. Prelims, uh, that's why I'm saying career. a guy like Tim Means, oh, the fans love Tim Means. It's Tim. You know, he's slipping rib, this but and Tim, that. Tim's on the prelims as well, though. Yeah, now because he can't win a fight anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's always on the prelims. Man, his last fight with uh, Bilal was co main event, right? Um, Serginho yeah, was his last fight, but that was pretty. But the one with Bilal was yeah, coming to that. Yeah. Davi Hamosh finished Nick Khan in the first round. Now, real quick, shout out to Nick Khan. The two guys that have beaten him in the UFC, Nick Khan dropped them both. Yeah, man. Davi Ramos is a serious black belt, and like we said, the the layoffs for Han. You know, you can keep coming back from these layoffs after layoffs, but eventually, you know, you're gonna come back a little rusty. But I, I think the result would have. Uh, been the same no matter what. I mean, Davi, you know, a lot of people uh, criticize them for that Gritzmacher performance, but then, like we said on the show, when you really look at the things, when Gritzmacher fights guys, all his opponents get gassed because he puts on a pace that not too many can keep. And, he, and uh, Davi said in the post-fight interview, he was disappointed in himself in the, in the last fight. He was like, man, I hit uh, my last opponent with everything, and this guy no fall. <laughs> so, and he was uh, he was like, man, he's like, this guy no fall. Uh, I don't know what's up. So, you know, this time uh, he was able, I mean, some of that jiu-jitsu was absolutely beautiful. And uh, Davi's one of the best jiu-jitsu guys in the UFC, man. And uh, I think uh, Davi's going to have a nice career, man. He's so explosive. He is a little chinny, but uh, his power on the feet and his jiu-jitsu is going to take him a long way. So you want to see him in there with next? I mean, Carlos Diego Ferreira, battle of two uh, third-degree black belts, or put him in there with someone completely different as well, you know? There's a lot of options at 55. How about Davi Ramos versus James Krause? Didn't James Krause just turn on a fight with someone? Yeah, against uh, Leo Santos. Okay. Yeah, yeah Davi Ramos versus uh, James Krause. Get that Alex White money back. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. So, 
Alexei Olenek defeated Junior Albini, Ezekiel Choke, and this was so badass because, you know, Alexei's the kind of guy, and these are just facts, he's got 53 wins, 43 of those 53 wins are via submission, and 11 of those 43 wins are via Ezekiel Choke, Shaq. Yeah, there's definitely no flukes going on, I mean... That's just what Alexi does. He's the king of the weird submissions, um, the bow constrictor. They don't call him the bow constrictor for no reason, man. And when Albini grabbed those double underhooks, I mean, he pretty much uh, sealed his fate with that. I mean, that was a bad fight IQ mistake right there. That was exactly what Alexi wanted him to do. And uh, Alexi pulls off another Ezekiel choke. He proves that he's still got lives lives left out of those nine. So, Alexi, uh, who should he fight next? Man, there's so many options at uh, a heavyweight. It's a good question. I mean... I'm thinking, I mean, look, this new kid, Justin Willis, he's undefeated. You got the Shamil Abdurahimovs. You got the Tai Tuivasas. We want to get uh, Stefan Struve out of there. We got him, too. Does Struve have a fight? Yeah, he does. Um, Who's he fighting? Tai Tuivasa? No, Tai Tuivasa. Um, you're right, you're right. Uh, he's fighting Marcin Tibura. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, there's plenty of options. So you can do Olenek versus Arlovsky after uh, Arlovsky and uh, Tuivasa. There's a lot of options. For Alexi Olenek. And as far as Junior Albini, uh, probably going to keep him around because he's a heavyweight. You can go do Junior Albini versus Chase Sherman. Yeah, he needs to start at the bottom. But, you know, what happened there was when it was standing and he went for the standing Ezekiel choke, Junior, uh, you know, it's easy for me to say what he should have and shouldn't have done. But technically speaking, I think he should have pushed him up against the fence and tried to work out of the choke from there. But instead, he took him down. And that just makes the choke even deeper, especially with a specialist like Alexi and you saw once they were once they hit the mat when Alexi put that arm right under the chin it was over good night Irene <laughs> so that was very beautiful work by uh, Alexi Olenek the bow constrictor getting it done in the first minute I mean in the in the first round in under two minutes now Cesar Mutanchi defeated Carl Roberson via arm triangle choke now Carl Roberson didn't even get a chance to fight and this is credit to a couple things man this is credit to the fight IQ of Cesar Mutanchi this is credit to the takedown entries and the timing of his double leg of Mutanch and uh, to his physicality because he didn't even uh, give Carl Roberson a chance to win the fight. And we know when we say a chance to win the fight, we know that means Carl Roberson touching his chin because Cesar is a chinny guy. He didn't even get punched one time. The way he timed that double leg, that was a thing of beauty, man. And then obviously that third degree uh, arm triangle on top, very, very tight. Yeah, you know, I did go with Roberson uh, prior, but like if you go back and listen, I said there are no facts to support that Roberson is going to be okay on the mat. And if you think Cesar is just some normal black belt, you're completely mistaken. He's a third-degree black belt, and that's exactly what happened. You know, a lot of people were backing Roberson. You know, I understand why. The kid's young. He's powerful. Cesar's got no chin. But to say that when you're on the mat with a third-degree black belt, it's, it's different than being on the mat with a black belt. You know what I'm saying? So there was no facts to support that he was going to be okay on the mat. But I think Roberson will go out and have a great career. Um, I, Cesar, man, five out of his last six. And the one that he did lose was questionable in my opinion. And uh, uh, who should he? He's, you know, he's talking about uh, Boricinha this, Boricinha that. But uh, Calm down, kid. Yeah, let's go. But, I mean, he does kind of deserve a top 15 guy because he's won five out of his last six. So I kind of want to see, you know, him in there with a Tim Bosch or something like that. Uh, you know. Um, what I'm thinking instead of Paulo Costa is after Paulo takes care of Uriah, let's see Uriah, Uriah and Cesar Mutanchi. Yeah, you know fun. what I'm saying? And you know what else they could do? They could do, even though they're com one's coming off a win, one's coming off a loss. It's always a good win when you beat uh, Tim Bosch. Yeah, Tim And Bush. Cesar hasn't fought Tim Bosch yet, so my boy Vitor is somehow ranked number nine. And we know Tim Bosch loves to uh, get subs, so. 
Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Tim Bosch versus uh, Cesar Mutanchi. You know what I'm saying? So let's see that. And Carl Roberson, he'll be back. He got to take his first L. His first L time, kid. Now, Leota Machida knocked out Vitor Belfort, or as we like to say in Brazil, Vitor Belfort, with a front kick that he's already been knocked out with before in his career. Now, I got to know from the fans because I asked y'all who had the better career between the two, between Vitor and Machida. A lot of y'all said Machida. The Machida ended up winning the fight. Now, I got to ask. Who had a better highlight reel front kick KO against Vitor, Anderson or, and Lyoto? Now, before you rush to say Lyoto, let me remind you that Anderson did it in the first round, Lyoto did it in the second round, and Anderson did it to a prime Vitor Belfort, Lyoto did it to a retiring Vitor Belfort. So, that being said, y'all tell me who had the nicer highlight reel KO finish over Vitor. It was pretty beautiful. Now, Lyoto's won two straight, and uh, I guess they got to give him someone tough. Yeah, I mean, it was a great performance. You know, it sucks to see Vitor go out like that. But uh, Vitor had a great career. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. And uh, I think he, I'm not convinced he's going to hang him up. I think he's going to, you know, get his steroids in him. And you think he's going to go to Bellator or Ryzen? Uh, Ryzen, yeah. Ryzen, fight some fight some uh, Japs and, you know, crush them real quick. And, you know, get to take his steroids and he'll be a star down there, make some money. And uh, Lyoto... Now Lyoto's on a two-fight win streak. Um, you know he, he wants the. You know what fight. they're gonna do next, right? He wants the Bisping fight, and uh, they're gonna do the David Branchers Machida next. That's that would be fine, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Lyoto, uh, you know he wants the Bisping fight, which would be a good fight, and uh, Lyoto's a legend, man. Both those guys are Hall of Famers. Man, how fucked up would it be if Vitor resigned with the UFC and they put him in there with Maheta? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, uh, man, John Hansa Stone Lineker went in there with Brian Kelleher, and not only did he knock him out in the third round, he, beat he taught him a lesson <laughs> throughout the duration of that fight, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of people think Lineker's an easy fight for some reason in that division, um, and I don't think it's just that simple of taking him down, you know. He proved that last night. He proved why he is a top-five guy. You know, I thought the fight was going to be a lot closer, but, I mean, he, he shut me up, and he shut a lot of other people up, man. Lineker's, he shut Brian Keller up, too. <laughs> every, Keller thought the body shots weren't shit, and uh, when he ate that first body shot, you could see his facial reaction completely change. He was like, oh, I've fuck. never been hit like that in my life. <laughs> that first body head combo, his eyes were uh, completely... And he actually wobbled Lineker a couple times but Lineker man that pressure with that body head combos bro it's just so much I mean you don't know which one to protect it's like do I protect my gut or my face so <laughs> you know uh, Lineker's a top five guy 100% and I mean uh, how about Dominic Cruz I mean he's sitting on the desk you know pulling out of fights and you know he actually picked Kelleher uh, to win the fight he's, he was saying what a lot of people said is that Lineker can't wrestle so uh, he's a uh, how about Dom versus uh, John Lineker I like that Another possible suggestion, if we want to test his wrestling, put him in there with uh, the Funkmaster real quick. Funkmaster Sterling versus uh, John, because I want to know, <laughs> is Funkmaster going to stall him out, or is John going to let him uh, feel uh, the hands of stone? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So but I'm down with that matchup as well. And, uh, you know, shout out to Brian Keller, because he's the kind of guy, he'll go to Brazil multiple times, not just once. And, you know, he's not afraid to, fr to fight anyone anytime, any place. He's truly one of those guys, and he went out on his shield. You know, it's... That's how this game goes, man. When you fight like that, you fight toe-to-toe, -to -toe, you fight like a man, someone's going to get uh, carried out that octagon not on their own will. And that's uh, what happened to my boy Brian. He'll be back for sure. But th last night just simply uh, belonged to John Lineker. Now, uh, Mackenzie Dern versus Amanda Cooper, you know, <laughs> not only did she miss weight by a full weight class, but uh, it wasn't just that she submitted her. She fucking beat her ass standing too. She knocked her down. And, uh, you know, this whole ABC's boxing, uh, what boxing? 
Yeah, guys, like we said, uh, if you go back and listen to the show, I said, I mean, she's got hands, but it's more of the panic type of hands, you know, where they just spam a bunch of punches. And as we can see, you know, that power difference, we said McKenzie's uh, power is going to translate down the line, and it's already translating. So I think McKenzie's got a bright future. I think, uh, like we said, it was an omalley uh, Touch situation where you're, you're Except over- we didn't get plus 100 exactly, on McKenzie. You're, you're overestimating ABC just like they overestimated uh, Touch. She's a 500 fighter. She's been sub like three or four times so uh abc you know it's sad I, I feel bad for her you know what i'm saying she's a nice girl like we said when your opponent misses weight it's time to get out of there bro don't don't try to be uh don't try to be a hero and, and uh prove a point like i know you want the money and all but you're pretty much walking in there to a death match you're you're fighting a guy fucking who's got fucking way more weight on you and it's a it's a tactic been proven to work i mean we were on the good side when uh, nadia kasim uh decided to stop cutting weight five pounds out and uh she won josh emmett decided to stop cutting weight and he knocked out llamas tractor decided to fucking uh pull that shit down there in brazil i mean we could go case after case man um missing weight generally wins <laughs> these days at least it definitely Alexa, does Alexa Grasso, had her period and uh beat ronda marcos you know what i'm saying so uh you know just go ahead and miss weight take the <laughs> take the fine and get the win you know what i'm saying the only time i would ever suggest hedging is if i had a bet and the guy that we were fading you know miss weight then i'd be like okay let, let me get the fuck out of here you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> learn learn from your mistakes you know what i mean so before we talk about this co-main with kelvin and jacare UFC Chile is going down this Saturday, man, and May is a huge month. They already saw the kind of numbers we put up in April. Great start to May, but it doesn't stop there, man, because we've been eyeing certain spots for a while, for over a month now. Lines are going to come out in the next day or two, and uh, all I got to say is it's max bet season, check. Yeah, max bet season going down there in Chile. Uh, max bet season, you know, when I say max bet season, it's time to, you know, get that money out and uh, load up because when we say max bet season, it's Max Bet season. We're going to get the job done. Um, We're still undefeated on consensus Max Bets. 100%. And, and this will uh, be another one. Exactly. So, you know, Max Bet season going down there in Chile this weekend. Um, complete mismatch. Like I said, it's going to be a first-round butchering. If you want to be on that right side, if you want to make money, if you're tired of losing, where are the guys to call? If you want to know these uh, spots that we're eyeing, like how we did this past weekend, Marcus Perez minus two hundred when he closed minus three twenty five or Jack Hermanson when minus one thirty five when he opened minus two ten. I was getting messages, bro. All the lines makers are going to the sh- the sharps are going against Hermanson. What we're, sharps? The, we're the only sharps you need to be listening to. So, um, Max Bet season going down there in Chile this weekend. Definitely, and uh, you know, not only is it Max Bet season, but we want you guys to bet realistically, you know, because you look at some of these guys' records and they're faker than Mackenzie Dern's accent. There's no padding going around this here. Is real, this is real money. There's no, you know, <laughs> multiple 10-unit bets, like, which we on. all know, like, come you're on. not really risking that amount. <laughs> like, we know you're betting $10 units. We know talking, you're a fraud. We're talking real bankroll management, you know. No no bullshit. No, uh, we're not gaming the fucking bet MMA tip exactly. system like some of these like frauds. We said, this, like, come this, on. this whole ROI thing, it's like th- those. that's an equation that can be manipulated. I can enter any fucking number I want in there and, and make it fucking... Uh, don't get me wrong. I have pride that I have a damn good ROI, but when you see these jobbers, you know, but, you know with I mean, the bullshit 30% ROI, give me a fucking break. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? It's real money. And, and just, you, you have 50 units risk per event. Please. Do you know what would happen, Shaq, if we told our clients to risk 50 units on one event and somehow a fluke happened and we lost? Do you know what would happen if we lost 50 units in one night? 
If I had a 50-unit wrist, I'd have a heart attack first, you know what I'm saying? Because but, it's real money. <laughs> it's real money. This ain't no. a fucking chump change. This, like, this ain't a I, joke. This is money that I had to actually go work for and save up and fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, f- fucking 10 well, units. When 10 you're betting 15 bucks a unit, yeah, <laughs> you can fucking claim you, you, you risk 70 units per event. But we all know... If you're trying to bet for real because you're trying to invest because you're trying to stack your bankroll and you're trying to do things the real way, you come see us. And that's the bottom line. BestFightPicks.com. Kelvin Gastelum and Ronaldo Jacare Souza, they went to war, man. And listen, before we talk about the fight itself, I want to talk about that first round. Did you think uh, Kelvin was fucked? Um, when he first got on top of him... Uh, yes, when he was in Mount, I did think he was fucked, but when he, when Jacare went for the armbar, I knew Coven was going to come back and win the fight, I mean, he was, com- when you have that, such a big round like that, you're going to come back out completely gassed in the second, you remember when Aljo fought Caraway and he full nelsoned him, and second round he had completely nothing, I mean, it happens all the time, remember when Daichi Abe just fought Luke Jumo and he teed off on him the first round, and guess what, he has nothing left in the second and third, it happens all the time, poor, uh, energy mismanagement, I thought a vet like Jacare would be able to you know, uh, realized that more. And I thought Kelvin won the last two rounds. People think it was a robbery. I thought the second definitely went Kelvin's. And the third, people thought Jacare definitely won. I wasn't so sure because I thought Jacare gave it away at the end. I thought he was looking real desperate out there. Uh, he kept slipping off the back. Uh, I thought every, I, although Jacare was landing punches, I, I didn't think they really had effect. I thought every time Kelvin hit Jacare, though, he felt it. And uh, I thought they, they got it right down there in Brazil. Yeah, and Kelvin's a guy that doesn't get the memo that uh, he's not supposed to beat these guys. I mean, now he's got back-to-back wins over Bisming and Jacare, career wins over Tim Kennedy, Johnny Hendricks, story. Nate Marcourt. I mean, Uriah Hall, he's done the whole bit. So now that he finally got over that hurdle of beating a top-five guy, now we can talk about him potentially facing the winner of Robert Whitaker and Yoel Romero. And I think he deserves that. I'll go ahead and say it. I don't think Wyman... Wyman... What? Look, I know Wyman beat him, but Wyman lost three fights in a row before that. Wyman's got to get a couple more wins, in my opinion. All these, you know gifting title shots to Frankie and Weinman. Like, these guys just got knocked out. They lost three fights in a row. Frank, Give uh, me that max bet on Holloway versus Frankie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's going to be like minus 350. So, you that's know what true. I'm saying? That's true. Good so, point. really no point of putting him in there. You know what I'm saying? Put him in there with Hanato. So, uh, uh, I think Kelvin definitely deserves that title shot. I think Weinman needs one more win at least. So, that first round between Ronaldo, Jacare, and Kelvin Gastelum, Man, I got to give a lot of credit to the submission defense of Kelvin Gastelum. He didn't panic in there, and he had Jacare on top of him early in that fight. Jacare went for an arm bar. Jacare went for a leg lock. Jacare did all these things. He even went for an arm triangle, which tapped out Kelvin Gastelum in that Wyman fight. And Kelvin, uh, you can tell after that Wyman fight, he's been putting in some serious work on that mat. And fucking, if you survive that first round with Jacare... You're the man, and then he comes out there in the second and third round, starts teeing off. You know, I know the third round was a little closer. Ronaldo did land some good shots, but Kelvin edged the second and third round. That's the bottom line, and I was surprised uh, the Brazilians gave it to the Americans. So yeah, shout out to them. I, I thought uh, I thought they were definitely score for Jacare or a draw, right? Yeah, you know, I thought they were going to score for Jacare two rounds to one, but I thought Kelvin won. But I always look at it from the perspective of what they're probably thinking and what country we're in. So it was actually good to see uh, them get it right. Yeah, definitely. Now, as far as the main event of the evening is concerned, man, I wish. Raquel lasted like two and a half more minutes so I could sit here and be like, oh, I told you Amanda was going to win a decision, but it turned out it was a fifth round TKO. The over would have hit, 
But uh, Amanda, I mean, she was on cruise control the whole time. You know, Rocky simply didn't have the answer. It looked like at the end of the second round, Rocky started landing some big shots. And if she could have started getting that momentum in the beginning of the third round and running away with it, chances are she might have been able to win that fight. But as soon as the third round started, Amanda went out there, took her down, started beating her up. And listen, we want to talk about this whole corner thing because that's the big controversy right now. So here's what I got to say about it. Yes, there were a lot of leg kicks landed in the first four rounds, but the hellacious strikes didn't start until the fifth round when she got cut. So, you know, I understand where people are coming from. If the fighter says she's done, you know, she knows better than anyone else, then she probably was done. But you only get that title shot once, uh, maybe once in a lifetime. And yeah. if she would have ended up winning the fight, people wouldn't be saying shit. Look, it's easy to sit there and say, say it after the fact, you know what I'm saying? So the whole... You know, people shitting on her corner. I understand both sides. I understand she did say she didn't want to fight anymore, and they sent her back out there. But you have to think, these people have spent 12, 13 weeks with her, training every single day, uh, telling her, you know, that she can do this, that she can do this. And to see her come off this layoff, come off the car accident that she was in, and to have her quit, they didn't want her to go out like that. And they, they, and they knew yeah. that Rocky would have been upset with herself after the fact. And it's easy to say that after the fact. And I didn't like how some of the coaches were shitting on the corner because, for example, Brandon Gibson. I like Six-Gun Gibson. But what happened when uh, Cerrone fought Masvidal and he got knocked out in the first round and they're asking Cowboy questions and he's not responding. And they sent him back out there for the second to get knocked out for the third time because he got knocked out twice. You know what they said to him? They're like, Cowboy, you get dropped every fight. This <laughs> is know, normal. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't want to hear all this stuff because a lot of – Matter of fact, I want everyone to go back and watch. Uh, you remember when my boy Jorge uh, El Conquistador Rivera fought um, the German guy? Oh, man, what's his name? Osternick. Osternick. Um, and it was a controversial decision, but Jorge was going through some stuff in his personal life before the fight. And uh, after the second round, if you go back and watch the fight, guys, he tells Mark Delagrati, I got nothing left. I got nothing left. Mark Delagrati's telling him, no, you do, Jorge. You do. And he actually ends up pulling out a split decision. Remember when uh, Jim Miller fought Chinado down there in Brazil? What did Jim Miller tell his corner? I got nothing left. I'm done. But they sent him back out there again. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't want. They spent weeks with these guys training. You think they want to let them quit? But I understand that Rocky was fucked up, and she didn't. Look, if both of her eyes were closed, and yeah, she you know broke her arm, then, like, then so, we stopped look, the fight. Sultan, Sultan Ali, the doctor stopped that fight. But even his corner didn't want him to go back out there because I mean, look, the that guy's was fucking, different. Yeah, his guys. I was, was about to explode. Yeah. It's about to fucking blow up. So. I think the corner doesn't deserve that much uh, ridicule, in my opinion, because if a lot of these other coaches were in that spot, I guarantee you they would have done the same thing. Um, look, Trevor Whitman and uh, Trevor Whitman made the right call with uh, Nate Marquardt, but that was a more hellacious beating when uh, Marquardt for Kelvin Gaston. That was tee off city, like that was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That fight was like a hundred strikes around to the face, you know what I'm saying? So. Um, I feel like a lot of if a lot of these coaches were in the position, they would have been doing the same thing Rockies people were doing, telling their their fighter, "You can do it, you can do it, you can do it." You know what I'm saying? You spend 13 weeks training every day for this moment, and you're just gonna quit. You know what I'm saying? They didn't want her to go out like that. So um, I understand both sides. I understand that you know she was fucked up, but uh, we've seen these worse. people. These people can say anything they want. They're they're not in that uh, they're not in that situation. They don't train their Rocky every day, so I think they need to keep their mouth shut. Well, as far as Rocky's concerned, I wouldn't mind seeing her and Juliana throw out in a couple months, Juliana Pena. But for Amanda, I know what I want next for Amanda Nunes, and that's Kellen Vieira. Yeah, the number one contender, Kellen Vieira, undefeated uh, out of Manaus, Brazil. And uh, 
Kellen deserves that title shot. I mean, Kellen's running through bitches. That last fight really wasn't a split, if we're being honest. You know what I'm saying? She dominated that fight. She she won that fight with a broken rib. That judge had uh, Kazagana <laughs> on a drafting exactly. lineup. You know what I'm saying? Like, that judge was looking at Kazagana's ass on Instagram the day before. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, Kellen Vieira deserves that title fight, in my opinion. If they don't give it to Cyborg, Kellen Vieira is putting that work. She uh, upset Sarah McMahon when everyone thought Sarah McMahon was, you know, a on title path, challenger. Title oh my challenger, God. you know what I'm saying? So, and then she uh, goes out there and beats uh, the former title challenger, Katzengano. She's undefeated. Brazil versus Brazil. And uh, Kellen's got good judo. Uh, she definitely needs to clean up some things on the feet, but I think she will. She's young, man. She's still she's still growing. So I want to see Kellen in that fight. I can't wait for Amanda versus Kellen and. Uh... It's going to be a good night is all I got to say about that. <laughs> well, guys, it's going down this Saturday. UFC Chile, Maya versus Usman. Max bet season. Go to bestfightpicks.com. Sign up right now. And, uh, you know, we're not running that Matador promo code anymore. But you know what I will tell them? I'll tell them what you told them last week. Buy this event. One event VIP. If it doesn't profit, we give you the next two free. And those next two would be Liverpool, uh, Wonderboy Thompson versus Darren Till, and... UFC New York with Jimmy Rivera and Marlon Marais. But, you know, bottom line is we're not going to lose this weekend, so uh, you're not going to get those next two free. But if you want to challenge us, you want to put our word to the test, you want to see if we really say what we what we mean and mean what we say, then uh, go ahead and buy that one event VIP. And if we lose this weekend, you get the next two free. But uh, I have a feeling uh, Max Bet season continues this weekend, right, 100%, Shaq? 100%, man. 100%. Easy matchups. Some of the easiest money you made uh... – this year yeah and when we say to go big that means go big so you know what to do follow Shaq at mma genius 05 on twitter follow me at best fight picks follow our instagram at best fight picks official subscribe to half the battle on itunes soundcloud youtube and stitcher hook up those five-star reviews on itunes we appreciate you all thank you all for the kind words and any message for them Shaq? i love all the people that uh give me that good support and uh, I like all the people that give me the bad support as well, so keep it coming. But everyone that gives me uh, solid messages, I fuck with all of you. I, li- uh, I love all of you. So uh, you support me, I support you. So uh, thanks for all the good messages. So until the next time, let's cash these bets. <laughs>